0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Market Shapers, and today I'm really excited because we are joined by the amazing Rachel Hill, and before the cameras were rolling, Rachel was telling us how she had actually met the queen, and I wanted to take this direct in a totally different direction based off that, but I thought it was really neat. You actually compared meeting the queen and meeting Evie Halliday it's kind of the same experience for you, so I thought you might know, just reshare that real quick because I thought yeah, it was really interesting. I,
1: I um, finished every school, and on the Friday she came to have lunch with us, and I just remember the emotions of meeting her was like when I met the Queen. Yeah. She had that aura of, of specialness right. about her that that was really amazing, and she really touched me. And I remember you know chatting with her, and she signed a book for me, and we had a photo, and I just remember thinking you know I want to do you proud, like like you do, you know with your royal family, I Yeah. Think, you know, it's, it's something special, and I just
0: think that, um, yeah, I think it's <laughs> neat, I think it's really neat that you or said I really really s- that, no, sometimes. no, no, yeah, no it just makes I, I thought it was really, I thought it was, a uh, I I thought it was a neat thing to say, you, were, you know, <laughs> she was the queen of real estate, and, and you had met the queen, queen, and so I thought it was interesting that you had actually met the queen, too, so, yeah, I, I kind of felt great. like I'm not worthy of interviewing at this point, oh so, my um, gosh, um, okay, so we'll jump into what we're here to actually talk about, when you and I started discussing doing a session like this together, mm-hmm. you had mentioned you wanted to talk about working with buyers. Yes. And that really struck me. And not mm-hmm. that I wouldn't expect you to you know, mm-hmm. not be working with buyers, but a lot of people want to jump into listings or marketing. And mm-hmm. so the fact that someone of your caliber wanted to talk about working with buyers, I was mm-hmm. kind of curious about why that particular topic was something that you wanted to share with everybody.
1: I love working with people. And... I think with a seller you don't get to spend as much quality time with them because you obviously list the home, you get the house ready, you you spend a lot of time prepping the house and um, then once it's on the market they're being kind of pushed out of their home for showings and things like that and you really have a lot of email or maybe phone calls but not one-on-one time. And I think it's all about the journey. Working with a buyer is... um, you get to spend a lot of one-on-one time with them. You get to understand them, get to know them, um, and you get to kind of work on their wish list and bucket list of what their dream yeah. home looks like. And it's special. It's special being part of that journey.
0: Right. We talked a little bit about you know it's it's obviously great working with with either side, mm-hmm. but certainly with the, when someone's listing their house there's so many moving stressful. parts and stressful parts. Mm-hmm. Working with the body, you're right. You are mm-hmm. kind of more on that joyful side of the spectrum a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: Love, I love that. I love, um, I love getting to know people and then I love that they tell you one thing mm. and then you pick a wild card out for them. So I always let them pick the houses, like right. I critique their lists and let them pick by hearting it in through the portal. And then I pick a wild card because by then I've got to know them by taking them out and listening to them and having conversations with them, and they always buy my wild card. Yeah. So, so that's a real tree. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting
0: because people talk about like when you have your first meeting with the buyers, mm-hmm. they talk about what they're looking for, like mm-hmm. you know the parameters of it. But mm-hmm. what they end up with is sometimes something very different. Very different. So yeah. talk to me about that skill set you've developed where <laughs> you're hearing what they're saying, but maybe you're hearing the undertones or the subcurrents on what you think they're actually going to really like at the end of
1: the day. Well, I think a lot of times when you work with buyers in this area, it's very transitional. Mm-hmm. So they may be coming from acreage properties, maybe they're coming from historical homes, or, you know, it can be very different. Right. Like I have a client right now that's coming from a five acre tree lined property, and they're moving here and having to bring 300,000 more to their budget than what they're selling their home for and they're getting like a point two lot. Sure. So trying to like, you know, figure out what would work for them in their budget, in the location of where they want to be with, you know, their wish list. So then you go and find a greenbelt lot with trees. And yes, it's only a point two, but it gives them that sense. That they
0: were familiar with.
1: That yeah. they're familiar with. So it's, you know, they were like, no, we have to have a half acre or an acre lot. And then I go and take them a point two on a greenbelt. And they're like, oh, this has a sense of space. Sure. Um, We've also looked at golf course lots and things like that. So I think that um, I have a very good sense of understanding people and connecting with people and listening to them and sensing when we walk through a home what they do or don't like, even though they may not have shared those things. I think that when you take a minute to um, connect with somebody on an emotional level, that you learn so much more from them. And so I definitely always take a step back and just watch their body language when we're going through the first set of homes, when we first gone out looking. And normally by home five, sometimes it's by home two, I can figure out where to take them. And because I'm out every day in the market, in the inventory, I sometimes go, we need to go and see this house. Right. And so it's just a journey, you know, and it's... Um, I try to listen to them, it's not about what I want, it's about trying to make what they want work.
0: Yeah, I think you, what you mentioned was is that you use the word, you have a sense, mm-hmm. um, and I think the thing that really stood out for me is the fact that you're using your intuition, mm-hmm. which I always say realtors have the best intuition mm-hmm. out of any industry, yeah. so use your intuition and then understanding where they're coming from mm-hmm. helps you kind of identify where they maybe want to go. And so it, I thought that was great.
1: Exactly, yeah, and a lot of my buyers aren't from this area, right. so they you know, they don't, they're relying on you to guide them. And I think I do a lot of prep work before they come here. We have, you know, we have conversations on the phone. Sometimes we FaceTime, so we have that one-on-one interaction. And then we talk about cities and, you know, I send them links and information so they can research because obviously we're only allowed to advise on certain things. So I definitely provide them all the resources so they can go ahead and dig into it. And then they come back to me and we do our clean up our list moment. And then before they come, we go through their portal link and over their hearts. And I'll say, oh, you missed this. It backs up to a train track. And I know you said that's something that you're, right. not, you're not wanting to right. do. Or, um, so we clean up the list. And sometimes I preview them as well, depending on you know how, how much time we have left between them coming. But I think that um, you have to show them the cream puffs of the list Mm -hmm. and so they don't their heads don't spin and they get you know they do send tend to at the end of the day sometimes when you show them too many houses they're like it's all a blur
0: yeah i remember
1: one client coming in and looking at 33 houses in one day
0: oh yeah that could be overwhelming and he was
1: like i don't know what city i'm in anymore or where i want to be and yeah yeah, so i think i've learned you know as you i've gone through this journey that you have to kind of do a lot of the critiquing and a lot of the the work up front so when they come here you're really showing them what's most important and fits their needs
0: that makes sense talk a little bit about over time through your career mm-hmm. how the knowledge base of the buyer has changed so mm-hmm. you know 10 15 even 20 years ago they came to us basically with no information mm-hmm. now they come to us with a lot of, how has you have you worked with buyers changed because of the fact They've been all over the internet for several months maybe before they've even talked to you. Mm -hmm. And they think they have an understanding of the market or what they want or what the right price points are. So Mm -hmm. just kind of talk about maybe how you've had to evolve as the buyers have more information and data at their fingertips.
1: Well, I think they're more informed. And in some ways, I think it makes our job easier. because you know, if you've got a buyer for two days, how are you going to cram that information in two days on show house? Right. You can't. Yeah. So I think it's actually a positive that they have access to information. And most of, yes, they do sometimes come to me and have been looking mm. for six months. Um, and they have, normally by then they have, this is how many bedrooms, bathrooms, square feet I want. This is, you know, maybe they want to be in Allen ISD or Frisco ISD. You know, right. they have certain criterias that they want. But then I still bring them when they arrive into my office and I have a buyer's information pack that I build to the discussions that we've had and to their wish list and we go over that information and they always find value in that. So it's, it's things that maybe they haven't looked at like... I give them the tax rates for the cities or the school magazines, and they may have looked at the ISD as a whole, but they're particular about an elementary school, and right. they get to see the ratings through the magazine and things like that. So I think that you can always add value. Um, and I think that, you know, you're out there every day with the products, in the neighborhoods, uh, you know, I have a client that loves to run so I took them to the Tribute because it has a rubberized pre lit running path. You know, they didn't know about the Tribute. Right. So you always can find a way of adding value and being the expert in the market. They are, they are informed, you are right, but I think it's a positive thing, not a negative. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I think part of it too is there's so much information out mm-hmm. there and data that they can now they can get access to, but how do you make it real? Like how do you mm-hmm. then take that data and apply it to the actual home that I might buy? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where your role becomes so so important. Um, so working with you, obviously, is a very, um, I would say, curated experience. And so at the end of the day, when a buyer has finished working with, with Rachel Hill, what what is the experience that you're trying to deliver kind of at the end of the day?
1: I think it's interesting. You, d- you don't often realize how others see you. Right. But the biggest thing that clients have told me is that you've made me feel like the only client. Oh, yeah. And I think, I don't necessarily go out consciously thinking, I want you to feel like you're my only client, but the fact that they feel that way at the end of the journey and that I've, that I'm their resource. Right. I had a client from seven years ago contact me yesterday, you know, and they contact me every year to help them fight their taxes. You know, can you provide yeah. some sold comps? And right. The fact that they still see me as their resource, and I think that's the biggest thing is that you have to connect with them and build a, a, a relationship that's going to last. Yeah the longevity of time, and, and I do do that. I'd be their resource. You know, they might want to paint a room, so they'll call me because they trust my vendors, right. and I don't ever give a vendor's an umbrella that doesn't personally work on my own home.
0: That's not, yeah, very yeah. neat. So. Well, and I think that ties in really well with something that's going on in the news right now, which is, you know, there's a lawsuit against NAR and a lot of the major brokers. Um, one, um, you know, Redfin has come out with this opportunity where you know, you can bypass the buyer's agent and just buy directly from, mm-hmm. from the seller or actually from the listing brokerage.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually did me, a, a contract that
0: way. Yeah, and yeah. It, to me that what's interesting is that it's trying to say the buyer's agent's only value is the finding of the property. And as if everything that happens after that is somehow irrelevant. So I'm curious to see, like when you look at the whole buyer journey life cycle, mm-hmm. how much of it really is, okay, we found the house, but now we've got to do everything else to get to the closing table. To me, that's also a huge part, if not the most part, of value that a buyer's agent brings.
1: It is, yes. So once we find the house, I go to the inspections, I um, give them advice on what repairs they should ask for, because sometimes they'll, I mean, I always let them tell me I want to ask for these four things, and sometimes those four things are a $100 fix, and they're missing the $4,000 fix. Right. And so, you know, I always say to them, "Well, okay, this is this, and here's here's a paid invoice. I just did this on a house two weeks ago. It costs like a hundred dollars to do those things because it's a handyman item, and you're missing this big thing over here that's right. huge." Um, so I think that we do add value. I do final walkthroughs. I I meet contractors for quotes if they need it. You know, I definitely hold their you know, their hand through the process, I keep on top of the file for appraisals, you know, is it clear to close, do we have conditions we have to meet, I call the lenders twice a week, you know, to get an update and then I call them and make sure they understand what that update looks like, you know, because sometimes they don't know, you know, they don't understand, oh, I should have sent that yesterday when they asked me for it, I'm gonna send it next week, no, it's time sensitive. And so, I definitely try to cover all the bases and be, kind of the facilitator all the way through the process. Well,
0: and I think it's amazing too, because I think when you, when you, that's such a massive value add because when you look at it about just finding the property, I mean, it assumes the buyer's agent biggest value is access to a car and a tank of gas. And it's really Mm -hmm. so much more after that. that. And then like you, you know, earlier when you talked about the fact that they think they know what they're after, but really when you start digging deeper, they find something different. different. So, um, so I want to close with something that you said that I thought was a perfect answer when I said, you know, why is it you love working with buyers? And you said, what do buyers?
1: They become sellers. That's exactly right. (laughs) Buyers become sellers. And they send you all of their friends and family and colleagues. And, um, you know, so that's how I built my business. I started off with buyers. And, you know, they became my 100%
0: referral business. Well, we are so thankful that you are here with us. You are such a great ambassador for our company. And I was thrilled to be able to sit down with you today. And uh, I know a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of this. So, Rachel, thank you so much. Thank
1: you. It's a pleasure. All right. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks, everybody. <laughs>